Hello again, friends. Welcome back to season two of My Life in Miniatures. This is season two, episode one, and who'd have thunk we'd ever get there? But it turns out you actually quite like this podcast, or at least some of you do, even if it's only just me and like one other guy. Um, we seem to we seem to be doing all right. Um, yep, my name's John. Uh, I'm from heresyandheroes.com. Uh, and uh, I'm your host. And as you can tell, I'm quite rusty at this. I'm sort of umming and ahhing a little bit, which uh, you should probably be used to by now if you if you have listened to season one. But yeah, uh, this is my first time doing one of these introductions for quite some time, actually. So uh, I'm actually just going to change something on my computer. So there we go. I can see how long I'm going. See, I'm completely rusty. Um, I'm really rusty, actually. But we've got something to make up for that. Today on the show, uh, you will get to hear me chatting with none other than Richard Gray, um, the wonderful uh, mini- miniature painter and all-round lovely chap as well, um, uh, about his life in miniatures. Uh, if you're new to the show, um, so the the idea behind this podcast, uh, it's kind of a rip-off of Desert Island Discs, if you're f- familiar with that show, but we talk to... Uh, a hobbyist every week about uh, the miniatures that have inspired them, that have shaped their their life with toy soldiers. Uh, and it might be a, a painter, it might be a gamer, it might be a podcaster, it might be anybody. Who knows? Um, I certainly don't. Not quite finished the uh, the guest list for this season yet, but here we are. Um, it's it has been a while. And um, what have I been up to? Well, I've been enjoying a lot of the same stuff as you. Um, I've been enjoying the Ash Wastes in Necromunda. They look fantastic. Currently got some plans to... Well, they're loose plans. It's just an idea at the moment about uh, Blood Axe Commandos who have infiltrated um, Necromunda and are living out in the Ash Wastes. Um, And I know Necromunda's not meant to be a game for orcs, but why not? Why not have... uh, Blood X Commandos could could make it there, I think. So that's fun. Um, we are currently right in the middle of Heresy Hype. Uh, obviously, the new edition of Horus Heresy has come out. Um, are we calling it a new edition? It is kind of a new edition. It's yeah, it's updated rules. It's yeah, fine. Um, yeah, and it's it's wonderful. It's fantastic. The miniatures are incredible. The rules look really good. Um, the books are just so lavish and lovely and yet they're not i mean they're not the the big black books of old but they're they look pretty fantastic to me i mean i've i've only seen the the two uh libras that have come out and and the rule book but they look look very nice um my only problem is i don't feel i can go back to painting blood angels because i already have a blood angels army thankfully having done the done the rules costs for them they are uh i can very easily make quite a nice two thousand point army but, you know, that thing, like, I haven't painted them for years, and I'd have to go back and, you know, it's, it's been a, a good, I don't know, three years since I painted a, a Blood Angel for the Heresy, so my styles would have changed, everything would have changed, I don't remember the recipes. So, I don't really want to go back to them, but then what do I do instead? What's, what, what do I go for? Um, I'm currently kind of leaning towards the Emperor's Children, because they're my other favourites, but we'll see. I don't know. I've got I've got choices to make. Um, and if you want to find out what choice I do eventually make, you'll uh, hear about it first over on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at uh, Heresy Heroes on Twitter, or 
You can find me now on Instagram as my life in miniatures. Uh, just search for my life in miniatures. You'll find my Instagram account, all of my hobby, but there'll be uh, plenty of stuff about this podcast and uh, guests going forward. There'll be news there uh, if you need it. So Twitter and Instagram, and of course you can visit heresyandheroes.com, uh, my now quite aged blog, but it still gets updated. Uh, it just got updated today, actually, uh, as I'm recording this. I, um, I've i been working on some Middle Earth miniatures, and um, there's a very nice story as to why. I'll leave that for those of you who want to go and check out the blog. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm now quite sold on Middle Earth. I really like it. Uh, I really like the miniatures. Um, those are the first ones I've ever painted. Um, I did Gandalf and Bilbo. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll be doing a bit more of that. Um, and what else have I been doing? I suppose preparing a little bit more for Golden Demon. Um, I've been working on a couple of things for that, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Um, I hope you've had a productive time since we we last spoke. Um, I say we spoke. I'm the one doing the speaking. You're just you're listening and nodding and smiling and, and clicking the like button on wherever you're listening to this podcast. I hope or the subscribe button or both. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's that's that's enough me faffing about. That's been five minutes of me uh, waffling on. So let's move straight on to today's guest. Um, we ended last season with uh, Sam Lenz, who's a, a phenomenal painter. And we're kicking off this season with another phenomenal painter, Mr. Richard Gray, um, who is uh, a thoroughly decent and intelligent and uh, disgustingly artistic chap. I mean, he really is quite talented. Um, as ever, this is an audio-only podcast, Um if you want to go and see some of the miniatures we're talking about, you only have to look up Richard Gray and then whatever we talk about. But I think if you've been following uh, the hobby and particularly Golden Demon for the last uh, five-ish years, maybe, you're going to get most of what we're talking about. You'll you'll have seen it. You'll know it. And if you don't know it off the top of your head, you'll look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's the that's the incredible piece of work that um, that we're talking about today. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast um, and you enjoy hearing from Rich, he's a very knowledgeable guy and he does share his knowledge uh, quite a bit. You can go and find him on uh, richardgraycreations.com. I should say his name is uh, Gray is G-R-A-Y. Um, so richardgraycreations.com. Uh, if you want to learn directly from Richard himself, uh, you can find him on patreon.com forward slash richardgray. Uh, you can find him on YouTube at Demon Rich. That's D E M O N R I C H uh, on YouTube, and then on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, thanks, by the way, Rich, for doing this. Um, <laughs> it's slightly different. He's gone for the more Games Workshop slash traditional spelling of Demon. Uh, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Demon Rich. D A E M O N. R-I-C-H and um, I really recommend following him because uh, he shows a lot of what he's working on, the progress that he's having and uh, some of the stuff we're going to speak about today, you will get an idea of, of what I'm talking about when I say that it's mind-blowing watching him uh, as these creations he works on comes to life. Um, yeah, he is a multiple Slayer Sword winner, he's got a boatload of Gone Demons and that's why this is a bit of a bumper 
uh, episode. It's a little bit longer than some of the ones last season. It's a little bit longer than some of the others we'll have this season. Um, but that's because there's just so much wonderful things to talk about. Um, there's also another reason, but I'll leave that to the outro. Uh, so in the meantime, sit back, relax, get your hobby out, get your clippers ready, your paintbrushes ready, shake up those pots, and uh, allow us to keep you company while you enjoy some of your own hobby uh, today. Uh, so without further ado, here is my discussion with Richard Gray. Rich, it's lovely to have you on the show. How are you? Uh, I'm very good, thanks. I'm enjoying the uh, the nice weather and just uh, relaxing for the weekend. <laughs> good, good. So you should be. It's uh, it's wonderful to have you here on My Life in Miniatures. And I'm very excited to be talking to you about your life in miniatures, um, which uh, we'll, we'll go straight in. Uh, we're going to go a long way back Uh to the the first things that you have a memory of painting uh space crusade and hero quests what yeah what enticed you about those games to start with uh well the tv adverts were really good they were fantastic (laughs) (laughs) um And I just had to have, when I saw that, they were mesmerizing. I I, uh, I always liked fantasy and sci-fi type stuff. So, you know, as a young kid, when I saw that, um, there was there was no question that I was going to be uh, straight in there. But at that point, obviously, I, I wasn't involved in uh, miniature painting. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, you know, I always, was, I was still drawing and painting and things at that age. Like, I've always been into kind of like the, the artistic sort of uh, angle uh, yeah. for for hobbying yeah but um yeah you're just getting the boxes and th- i mean obviously you know you make a terrible mistake when you first start painting and you buy like say humble paints or whatever and <laughs> yeah yeah no, a completely yeah, inappropriate yeah. brush with no point on it <laughs> <laughs> well you don't need a point you just need humble paints and uh the screwdriver to open the humble paint yeah yeah exactly yeah and then just douse them over plastic and watch the plastic slightly erode as, uh, <laughs> the enamel paint yeah just melts <laughs> yeah yeah it's, uh, no. <laughs> So okay, but so uh, well. You, uh, before we get into it, um, so I was one of those kids who I would, I actually had a letter from uh, one of my teachers when I was a kid. She said, uh, "John's very good at reading and writing, and but when he writes stories, he's always got these monsters in them. <laughs> it's always aliens. It's always weird stuff." Was that you as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was I was always like drawing like horrific pictures, basically. <laughs> right, um, like, and I would draw battle scenes. Like, so you know, it was almost like I was I wanted to play a game by drawing the picture. Yeah. Yes. You know, <laughs> I mean, totally. I absolutely know. What you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was uh, yeah I was very like introverted as a child as well. So all the time that I was spent was basically you know, on my own doing my own thing. Yeah. painting and you know <laughs> doing horrific pictures yeah <laughs> so there should be more blood on this page yeah yes. yeah. yeah his head needs to explode <laughs> yeah so when when both space crusade and hero quest came along that piqued your interest piqued your imagination a little bit yeah i mean like it just it was it was a perfect fit um, and the models as well it was just so cool to have uh because i I tried kind of like um airfix 
kits and things before. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the the sci-fi and the fantasy element just really appealed to me. Obviously, mm. I loved all you know the cartoons and things on TVs. Um, and you know, it all just kind of, you know, it was a just a perfect fit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then I think it had like the Games Workshop logo on the boxes and things as well. So that was kind of like a good, um, you know, just helped you guide you <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah. You'd walk down the street one day and be like, oh, that's that that shop that's got the same logo as that game that I've got. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it was a, a white dwarf I, I saw, I think. And it mm. had the, yeah, uh, I can't remember the number now, but it had like a, an Empire uh, Battle Wizard. Um, I think it was from the Magic expansion box set for Warhammer. Right. I can't remember which. You know, it's a fantastic cover anyway, you know, very red and yellow. Um, yeah, yeah. And on the back of it as well, I think it had uh, an epic battle uh, shot with, I think it was like, um, oh, you know, like all the, the chaos uh demons and things like Zinch and, and I was and there's Eldar on it as well and I was looking at it and I was like that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen <laughs> yeah I, I have a similar mirror yes it was seeing White Dwarf for the first time being like oh my entire imagination has been put in someone else's words and there are photos of it I didn't know that existed yeah the only thing with that was I didn't really understand what epic was and when I, I made an order, I got my mum to help me making an order. And then when it arrived, because they were still quite expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got like a, a Lord of Battles and a little tiny Predator tank. And they arrived this, uh, just a couple of centimetres and this little tiny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> I have my best friend at the time made exactly the same decision, He uh, same mistake. He was like, oh, I've, I've got a Space Marine Army for like five quid. I was like, yeah. that can't be right. <laughs> and then it turned up in a tiny little box. It was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's epic. Okay, fine. But that was, okay, so with Space Crusade and Hero Quest, did you buy both or either? Or were they, they gifts? Or uh, Oh, I can't actually remember. I know I bought all the expansions I could get my hands on. Yeah. Uh, I think they might have been like birthday presents or something like yeah, that. Typical um, of the it, time. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, because I was a young kid, I wouldn't have had a lot of money to mm-hmm. to buy things. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that's what I think they probably were were presents. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then like I was, yeah, um, as soon as I got them, I was inviting friends around to play them as much as I, I could. And I'd play them on my own as well. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's meant to be played on your own, but you just find a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, that was the thing of the games at the time. I remember, um, well, a little bit later than that, uh, Gorkamorka had a solo quest campaign. Uh, well, not, a, sorry, a solo scenario in the, in the box. And uh, <clears throat> I was in a campaign with friends playing Gorkamorka and every day I'd just disappear into the garage and play this game where <laughs> suddenly we'd turn up the next weekend and I'd be oh, yeah, no, all of my guys are like, double odd bastards you know the the <laughs> best orcs that have ever existed and they were wait how do you do this oh i just played that solo game <laughs> like 500 times <laughs> you know we we wrangled the dreadnought and the swamp or whatever it was and uh yeah but okay so and and those were, and i just want to get this across because um we'll, we'll get on to your career in painting um but those were even Richard Gray, 
at the time of Space Crusade and HeroQuest, you were covering them in Humbrol paints and yeah. poster paints. And... I mean, I always like to say that there is... Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's not the same now as it was back then in terms of painting. So people have a lot of resources now. That's uh, for, true. You know, to see what, what you're supposed yeah. to do and things like that. At that time, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's how it works. Um, but yeah, like everybody has to start somewhere. And I think if you just give someone a model and some paints, they're going to make a mess. Yeah, of um, course. That's the joy of it, really. Yeah. And to be fair, as soon as I got, uh, you know, I figured out that I needed some more suitable paints and a little bit better paintbrush, uh, I, I kind of, like, there was a noticeable improvement in what I was doing. It wasn't, like, amazing still. Uh, I some I've posted somewhere. I've got like one of the old RTB zero one uh, Marines that I painted as a Blood Angel, and right. I, I mean it, it looks obviously rubbish compared to you know what anyone yeah, paints, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's still like I still like it. Like it has like his little um, stripe down the center of his head, and uh, nice. you know I've painted all the rivets with yeah, bog yeah. and metal and things. So lovely. You know I, I was I was picking it up quite quickly, but it was you know. It was it was a hard learning experience, right? Uh, the only th- the only like guide we had was uh, White Dwarf, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, they were they were good, but they're not ever the best in terms of uh, all the information you need. No, well, I've I've made this joke on this podcast before, where um, I I still remember my favourite painting guide from White Dwarf, and it was in the. Um, do you remember the little red booklet you picked up in the store yeah, as well? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how to paint a high elf. First off, you undercoat it white. That's step one. Step two, you block in all the colors. So you do, you know, flesh tones for the face yeah. and you do metal for the chain mail and stuff like that. Uh, step three, you cover those in washes. Step four, you have a perfectly painted <laughs> heavy metal standard yeah. white uh, high elf with perfect colours everywhere. And you're like, wait. Just one step, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm missing something. <laughs> like, what? How did that? Yeah. It's, uh, okay, but so we're going to get onto your the next miniature in a bit, but there's there's quite a bit of space between um, Space Crusade and HeroQuest and the next miniature on your list, uh, which is a 1999 miniature. Mm-hmm. what were you doing between those were you were you painting was it something that you sort of uh yeah i was i was building armies just yeah. by the bucket load i was building armies yeah. uh and because like i was really into my 2d artwork at that point as well um you know right. art was my favorite subject at school um mm-hmm. and I, like i was winning awards for my art at school so you know it's kind of like that's cool you, but it kind of it funnels you in that direction, you know. So you yes. because you're getting a reward, so they think, oh, I'm good at that. So that's what I do, and you get you enjoy getting the reward and things. So it kind of, I was like, oh, and then I can translate that onto the models as well. Uh, but I was still, and I'd, I'd also noticed was the, the competition, the Golden Demon, through collecting the White Dwarves. Because you know, I, I became obsessed by collecting every White Dwarf, and Golden Demon was my favourite thing, and yeah. I just kept looking at those. Uh, like the standard was so high and they were so creative and but I loved it and I don't think 
sometimes when I uh, I read posts and things by people, and they they always say how they're intimidated uh, or put off when they see something really well painted. But I've never really felt that. I've always just looked at pieces of artwork and been inspired, like saying, "I want to do that. I want to replicate that." Yeah. Uh, so even when I you know saw these amazing golden demon things, that was always a case of that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and then it was, I mean, obviously it's easy to say that because then you have to figure out how <laughs> you well, do that. Yeah, yeah. And um, as like as as I mentioned, it, you know, there's no real guides as such, especially because, so I mean, there are sort of guides for the heavy metal style of painting, but not everyone was painting heavy metal. That's uh, true. So, yeah, yeah. you know, what I, you know, for a start off, that's what I was trying to replicate as well. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, but, uh, my 2D artwork, you know, wasn't the same thing. Uh, right. So I was like, you know, I was learning to paint this like very precise, neat way, but I was also looking at my 2D work and thinking, oh, you know, that that is more fun for me uh, with, a, you know, just being a bit more creative and not following such strict, um, you know, rules. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I was kind of like just being um, inspired by Golden Demon, and but still not being good enough, but still sticking that on my armies because it was all still army painting. Uh, it, it took me a while before I started to spend a lot of time on just individual models. Right. Uh, and I think there is quite a big difference between, you know, that kind of like high-end sort of display type painting an army painting and you can be good at one and good at the other and some people can be good at both but they're still yeah. very you know very different they are they're very different disciplines because it's you know um well there's a miniature we're going to talk about later where just the amount of time like if you tr if you tried to build an army painting to a certain style it, it would take years rather than days or weeks or months it, yeah exactly yeah um and especially during that period i was really enjoying my gaming uh, so it was important like i did like to get you know massive armies and you know we'd spend weekends or you know as long as you could keep the board kept, you know set up at home <laughs> you know, before your parents told you off you know having yeah, these yeah. massive battles uh yeah so yeah i was just doing lots of gaming things but still being inspired that's you know it was a long long gaming time <laughs> Well, I mean, that's trick. So, all right, let's go on to another one of your minutes here. 1999, Keeper of Secrets. Yeah. So not the beautiful, svelte, uh, intelligently designed Keeper of Secrets that we have now. And, and <laughs> no. <laughs> nor is it the, the, the bull god that we had, uh, the original Keeper the of original Secrets. The original one. Uh, this is the one that had the alternative sort of cthulhu style crab head yeah um well i think they so this was the first version of the head uh, because they uh they did do the second head later on that had like leather strips on it or something i think um that's right yeah yeah, yeah. and but because i really loved the first version but it was quite small and i, I had it and i sold it as well stupidly but <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I did that as well. Um, but it like it was around this time that I was like, right, I'm good. I've been I tried a few times for Golden Demon before, 
But I was like, right, I'm really going to try it. I'd also got it. <laughs> I'd entered a few times and not won anything. I'd got no, like, so many finalist certificates because <laughs> they didn't oh, used to have wow. pins. Yeah, yeah, had, yeah. Like these certificates. I think I had about nine of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like, no, I, I want one of those trophies. And the, the new Keeper of Secrets was coming out. Uh, and I, I went and pre-ordered it. At, uh, well, it was a local shop to my um, uh, where I was going to college at the time. And on the day that it came out, I came and said, oh, I pre-ordered it. And it's like, oh, was it? Because he just got a whole wall off them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and when I got it, I realized that uh, it, the design wasn't exactly what I wanted. Right. Because in the original one, it had the claws on the shoulders at the top and then the kind of like the the weapon the sword lower down yeah. and it kind of like it balanced the model a bit better and then they'd swapped it over the uh the re-release and um yeah the original one had the the, cool, the claws on the top and it was like very um it was top heavy and it just suited the aesthetics really nicely um yeah. whereas the new one they put the claws in the middle and it looked yeah. sort of middle heavy <laughs> yeah i, just, I, I wasn't I wasn't keen like the the sculpting stuff was fine but just like the way it was laid out I didn't uh, so I put it back to how it was originally I put the claws on the top and then right. I thought oh I need to I do a bit more to the head so I sculpted some like longer horns on it like I'm rubbish at sculpting but I thought I could just do a little bit yeah <laughs> it's a bit it's, longer yeah, yeah. um and I just I, I went a little bit crazy with the model with the the, the way I painted it as well it, uh because I just, I was like, oh, I can do what I want on this. It's a chaos creator demon. I don't have to like follow the artwork or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put like pattern kind of weird, like lines and things all over his skin. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just trying to, like, I don't even know what I was doing at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just trying to be, uh, I, I guess like trying to, you know, create the chaotic element in it. Yeah. And then I sculpted a little tentacle coming out of his base. It, it's still, it's not an amazing piece by, you know, by today's standards, especially. Uh, but I was so happy with what I created. I cannot yeah. remember how long I spent on it, but I, I was, I was so proud of what I'd made. Yeah. I, I was excited to, to get that in the, the golden demon. Like I felt when I, because, you know, for those um, earlier Golden Demons, when you go to them, you, you'd have a separate queue to get in. And obviously the queues yes. were massive because mm. all the people, you know, they knew that the Golden Demon got let in early to sort out all the models. So everyone would go into the Golden yeah. Demon queue. Yeah, that's how it uh, works. Yeah. People would bring like, a, you know, a half-painted space marine just to get <laughs> Yeah. This is my uh, entry. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it was all mixed in and I was like trying to sneak a peek at everyone's entries and I was like, oh, I can beat that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I hope the half-painted Space Marine would have been yeah. easy picking for you, but yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, it's tricky to, you know, to compare sometimes, especially you know, when you're a bit younger, you, you don't necessarily yes. know what you're looking at. No, that's true. But so that's, that's interesting in itself because, uh, you know, obviously in those old games days, yes, you got let in a little bit early if you just <laughs> entered golden demon and you could yeah. literally put in a half painted space marine as you say but you wanted to be in that competitive yeah art scene whether it was because of the competition or not but what drove you to want to 
do Golden Demon? What 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 drove you to want to to do that sort of thing? I, he's a bit of everything. I'm naturally a competitive person. Yeah. Uh, I know people think I'm so nice, but deep down, <laughs> you are to, nice. I want to You're crush nice everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But no, I, I am a bit competitive. Uh, but at the same time, I I sometimes get a bit annoyed as well with the the competition element because I just want to paint my own thing and not worry about yeah. competition. Uh, but that's more of a, like a problem for me now rather than back then. Right then, I was just wanting to paint things and I wanted I wanted to get in the white dwarf like yeah, all the other golden demon things yeah, yeah yeah uh, I there was I just loved those white dwarves so much I still mm-hmm. look at them uh, with the, the golden demon entries and that was my aim I wanted to get my model in there I can remember yeah. after, actually after I'd won a trophy and I would go I was going to the you know any games workshop I could find day after day saying it's the white dwarf out yeah 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 I mean, that's that's wonderful to hear because I mean, it's you know, you've obviously, um, well, I mean, I mean, we're going back to 1999 here, but with with the Keeper of Secrets, but especially in, I, I sort of think over the last ten years, you've been become quite a fixture of Golden Demon, uh, yeah, <laughs> and and not only what you enter on the day, but we sort of get a a view of what you're entering through your your social media and your everything else but has the the love for entering golden demon has it is it still where it was has it gotten greater is it diminished um, is it 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 changes um you know from day to day sometimes yeah uh i i still have the competitive element i i do enjoy that mm-hmm. uh, but i do find sometimes that when there's a golden demon coming up and if I haven't planned properly or I'm rushing a model, I hate it. Right. Because, um, and this will be relevant to uh, one of the models we're going to talk about later on, but um, I, I find that I have to compromise on what I'm painting. Right. But at the same time, having that deadline is forcing me to get it done. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, so what I usually like to do is I take a, a photo or whatever and put it on social media and it... So social media is really handy for me in terms of like because it's part of my job because I am like a full-time painter and yeah. content creator now. Yeah. But I use the social media for me to look at my models um for you know seeing how to change them, you know, look for areas that could be improved and things like that. Yeah. Uh it just gives me a little bit of time to think about, you know, improvements on the model. But when you have that deadline coming up and you're rushing, you think, oh, I've got to get you know, I have to get that bit done by this date and that bit done by that date. And whether it's as good as I want or if I've had time to think about is it working or not, you don't get that anymore. You just have no. to get it done. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it, it just really makes me hate the models. Up. And it, it, it's, um, it's a bit depressing because like before that, I've spent a long time and I'm really enjoying it. And then for the last few weeks, it can almost ruin... I feel like I've wasted my time because it's not what I want it to be. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's quite, um, that's very interesting actually because it's, just, and I, we all have different levels where, you know, we, we think, oh, I'm really happy with this. I'm really not. But because uh, I'm just looking down the list of the models we're going to talk about. And if I'd painted any of those, I'd be thrilled. But, 
I know that you hold yourself to a certain standard. And yeah, I, I feel sometimes a bit awkward talking about it because um, I, I feel people can be, as you say, like, oh, I'd be really happy if I could paint that. But yeah. you're never happy regardless of what level you get to because as soon as you're happy and that's it then you won't want to progress anymore that's it you're like yes i'm done but i always want to get better yeah Uh, there's there's a very old philosophical principle which is um uh the song that the the most perfect song in the world the most perfect song is the one that you invent in your head as soon as you start writing that song down on paper you become limited by the mathematics of music like mm-hmm. all music is mathematics and as soon as you start writing it down you can no longer make it the melody that is completely free and perfect in your yeah. brain as soon as you start writing it on paper you are fixed in a place you you can't make it and i think that is um it, it can be very true of miniature painting as well where you you have an idea that is the most incredible, amazing miniature you're ever going to paint. But as soon as you start painting, you suddenly realize, oh, well, that that paint that in my brain would have worked with this paint, it doesn't actually. So I've got to stick yeah. to these paints. And this, and I suppose, you know, a question that I ask on behalf of everyone who is looking to enter Golden Demons and, and uh, you know, go for those awards, whether they're, testing the water and trying to get the first pin or getting a commended entry or even going for one of the trophies for you as someone who's done very well in this competition over the years what is it like when you start painting a miniature and you get to a point where you realize that like i've got to paint it like that i had this idea and i can't i can't do that anymore because i've started painting it like this and now it's sort of I have to do it like this. Does that become, do those limitations become annoying at all? Um, No, that doesn't actually bother me too much because I'm always uh, adapting the model as I go along. Uh, I I feel like I'm competent enough that I can roughly get uh, whatever, you know, image in my head, you know, I, I can get something like it on the model and then, you know, if something doesn't work out in reality, quite how I pictured it, you know, it's just tweaking it as you go along. Uh, yeah. I don't mind that. And actually that's kind of the, the fun bit in some ways. But um, yeah, actually no, the biggest problem I have is there'll be certain elements on a model that I want, that I'm really excited to try and I'll paint those bits. And then I'm like, now I've got to paint the rest of the model and I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I can see that happening. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And um, really what I want to do is kind of like, you know, uh, like Frank Frazetta paintings where you'll have like an element of it that's really sort of finished. And then the rest of it, the further out from that you go, it's very blocked in. Yeah. So you just kind of, it works like a focal point. So you're drawn to the the good bits. Uh, And (laughs) my preference would be to do more painting like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in some ways I I do do that uh, for pieces that are quicker or, you know, not going to be for golden demon but you can't you can't get away with doing that for golden demon so <laughs> no i know i wish you could but yeah you could, no you can't um all right so let's let's move on um actually even further into future so we, we've gone from space quest and hero crusade to um one of the older keeper of secrets and now we're going to talk about is this your f- 
I think your first Slayer sword in 2015, your Fellblade? No, the Fellblade was the second one. Oh, it was the second. It was the Thanatar was the first one in 2014. Uh, oh yeah, your Thanatar. Yes, all right. Let's talk about the Thanatar. First. Thanatar, right? I re- I remember the Thanatar um, because um, I think I entered the same Golden Demon as that Thanatar. I think right. it was the, the first one I entered, and I remember seeing it and thinking, "Well, that's one," <laughs> um, <laughs> which was. Uh, both disheartening but also quite heartwarming because it was so well done. I mean, d- d- so I I remember the Thanatar from the freehand that you did. On. Yeah. But what, A, why did you pick that model? And B, how did you even approach painting it and, and thinking about where you would put that freehand? Uh, well, I picked that, I think, at the time... I was really quite into Titans and there was the Legio Graphonicus. That was my favorite Titan Legion. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, right, I want to translate that onto uh, an Adeptus Titanicus model. Uh, And from there it was, I kind of, I just looked at lots of old artwork and the the images that I picked, actually I was more, more influenced by the old, like original Adeptus Titanicus stuff. Yeah. uh, You know, with the colorings and things. So I was like, I don't want to do it exactly the same. Uh, and if you look at the way that I went, the, uh, the actual body, like the yellow and the uh, grey, because it's a, a Titanicus, not, it's a Mechanicus model and not and a, like a Titan, I thought, oh, I want to make it a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, so it can be more like a, like a house that is kind of allied with a Titan Legion or something like that. Yeah. And... I knew that freehand was something that I was good at. That was something that I could really focus on. So then it was just a case of how do I kind of show off on the model? Because I didn't have a massive amount of experience for painting vehicles. <laughs> like I wasn't entirely sure what to do as such. Um, but I thought I can fill in the blanks <laughs> with the freehand. As long as the freehand kind of matched uh the like the background and everything you know it's yeah. all you know all fits the ip then i was like right that's what i'm going to do i'll just make the freehand as good as i can uh and you know that's where i went from there and then i thought right, you know put a little bit of weathering on um but you know i kept everything everything else was pretty straightforward just try and keep it clean and neat yeah. so you know th- there's not too much to look for in terms of faults uh, <laughs> no but well, that- the freehand was what carried it so this may be a, a, a relatively selfish question, but as, as someone who enjoys painting freehand on things, like I remember seeing that Thanatar, and I had uh, around that time uh, I'd, I'd worked on a Mortifactus army, and I had painted a hundred skulls, and by the hundredth skull, I was quite good at painting skulls, and then I saw the skull on the Thanatar. Was there a skull on it, right? Yeah, he's got half half a face. That's it, half face, half skull. Yeah. And so I'm I'm quite neat about things, but how that was insanely neat. Like, how do you like when you're approaching that, how delicate with a brush do you have to be to achieve that neatness with 
like when you're painting? I mean, it's just. Are you, the answer is very. <laughs> yeah, but are you looking through a magnifying glass? Uh, you at do? the time, no. Um, now for for my work, I use a headset sometimes. I don't use it all the time because I don't really like it. Yeah. Uh, but um, as I've got a bit older, my, I get eye strain and things. You know, I'm doing of lots course. of painting, so I, yeah. I find having the, the magnifier helps. Um, also, I've got like a, an astigmatism in my left eye. <laughs> so, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got absolutely terrible eyesight. It's only fortunately that I'm short-sighted that I can just about get away with it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, that's almost like almost more galling. It's someone who can paint that will be like, actually, I've got quite bad eyesight. <laughs> like, well, well, hey, I've got perfect eyesight and I can't do that. But that's not fair. I think a lot of it is just the practice of the hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Uh, so as I said, like I've been doing artwork for a long time and although it doesn't translate directly to freehand so the very tiny you know micro movements that you need to do for that sort of very neat freehand the mm. the concept is similar just being able to know exactly how to to make the movement is right. really useful it's also because like i really enjoyed the freehand that was the thing it, uh, yeah. when it's something that i enjoy i don't mind spending time or really focusing on it mm-hmm. uh, I, I hate the filling in stage though that when you start off with a model and you have to block in the, <laughs> the colors yeah yeah uh, but, but as soon as i get past that then i you know i'm happy to spend more and more time on something but no well it's, it's an incredible model i mean it's, yeah it's okay so that that gets you slayer sword one yeah slayer sword two is the fell blade yeah <laughs> tell me about the fell blade well, why well, the that fell blade, model uh well so that was for Golden Demon changed a little bit after I won the first Slayer Sword. They stopped doing the main one and they split it up into kind of smaller, uh, kind of like the mini, mini Golden demons. demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although they, it was still I think one a year at that point. Right. But the one they'd picked for that year was Golden Demon Tanks, hmm. and uh, the Horse Heresy was kicking off. You know the first stage horse heresy yeah, uh, yeah around that time and i loved the horse heresy story and i was kind of into the death guard still i a lot of, after after i got my first slayer sword my uh, commission service had picked up a lot so i've been doing Lovely. lots and lots of painting army painting things and that i was like oh yeah. uh, i need to focus more on my own work and i was like right i'm doing death guard but it's a death guard army but i'm painting them as many as I can to Golden Demon standard. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and, uh, I didn't get that far. I started having to to cut back a little bit on the the standard that I was going for. Right. Uh, but the the Fellblade, I loved the tank. It was the mm-hmm. the dome. Uh, it looked a little bit. Um, it looked archaic. It, you know, it wasn't like a a modern looking tank. It was yes. Um, and I like the cut, it was the dome. It was just the, the, the half uh, like sphere dome on it. Uh, I just loved it. <laughs> I was like, right, that's what I'm going to go for. Also, because of the size of it, it had some nice flat panels for, for more freehand, more skulls. Yeah, more <laughs> I was, skulls. I was yeah. quite keen on painting skulls uh, by that point, and I got pretty good at it. So I could paint a skull to a high level quickly. And then I could paint a really good skull, you know, by just spending more time on it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and because they were death guard and their symbol was like three skulls that's how i thought oh, i can do <laughs> yeah yeah there's that that fits yeah <laughs> yeah just perfect perfect imagery for me and the tank itself was quite tricky though i had done uh, quite a bit of commission work with white scars yeah, so painting like white tanks and yeah. things with uh, little red accents. Uh, so I had an idea, but the style of painting that I was uh, going for, like you couldn't paint it like an heavy metal style tank. It had to be have more weathering and just right. to fill it up, really, because it would have been of course, a very... Yeah, yeah. White like, is a difficult thing to have cl- to do clean, even, yeah. even when you're experienced. It's, it's, it's a weathering and, helps weathering is perfect if you if you have make a bit of a mistake if your your freehand gets a little bit wonky or anything like mm-hmm. that weathering can fix a multitude of sins it really can uh so that was that helped as well it just fills in the area if you can't you know you think oh i've got too much freehand on already i can't just cover it in freehand like i think sometimes people fall into the trap of filling an area with freehand without actually yeah. considering what it's supposed to be yeah uh Whereas for this, I'd put enough freehand on, but but there's still it's a massive tank, so you, you need there's these large areas. You fill them with weathering. It works in the same way. If you're just considering, if you think of all painting as painting, then it's just you're still filling in freehand, but it's like a different kind of freehand. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Picking up one second Slayer sword, does it feel as good as the first one? Is it does it feel better? Or? It wasn't. It was a little bit different. Like the, when I got the first Slayer Sword, and when I got the first Slayer Sword of the Tantar as well, I also won the Forge World Best of Show. Yes. It was a little bit weird because I got a trophy, so I go up on stage for that, and I was over the moon. Like I, My aim at that show mm. was to get a finalist pin. So wow. getting okay. a gold trophy, I was, this is amazing. I was yeah. so happy. I was like, right, that's me done. And they're like, no, you need to go back in the queue. And that didn't make any sense because I didn't, the way they fitted me in, I wasn't even among like the, the right categories. That you yeah. go up and you go, oh, you've got Forge World Best of Show. I was like, oh, this is, this is like yeah. my dream come true. And then like, right, everyone that's got a gold has to wait around here. And I was like, oh, I, didn't, I don't need to wait around there. You know, I've not got a sword or anything. I can just, so I was waiting with my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. Um, we were all excited or whatever, waiting to see what one. Then they're like, no, you need to go over there. So mm-hmm. then when I get the sword and, it, it blew my mind. Like it was just, <laughs> I, yeah. I was amazed. So it was going to be hard to ever match that. The s- second Slayer Sword, the thing was that I'd got a little bit better at judging models, the quality of painting of models. And yeah. I've always been very, like my own, my own harshest critic, but at the same time, I'm still aware of what I'm doing uh, right. trying com- in comparison to other people. So when I was looking at the cabinets, I was much more confident on my chances at that competition. Okay. So it wasn't as big a shock. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, talking to the people going around and things, you know, everyone was like, oh, that's going to win. And that's also a negative. If um, if you've yeah. got a friend that has that they you think has got a good chance of getting a trophy, don't tell them they're going to win. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, it's, yes. it's awful because if you don't win, the amount of for a start it adds a massive amount of pressure and then if you don't win the down is so much worse Mm, (laughs) Um, yeah yeah and especially if if you're a professional painter and like your career depends a little bit on your results and then people are telling you're going to win and of course the the pressure just amps up and up but yeah for that golden demon getting the the second slayer sort i I was still really happy Uh, i like you know but it just wasn't 
quite as happy. Yeah. But it was still very, very happy. I mean, you can never not be happy. No, no, of course. They're they're quite nice. Yes. But my only disappointment with the swords is that they're not the super expensive ones that they used to do. No, I know. I know. They're not the ones. There is a very nice one on display in Warhammer World next to the board. Um, But the ones ones you in now are um, not quite that but I, I keep badgering them wait saying when are you going to do <laughs> you, you do the thanatar you do the fell blade and this is actually the next model we're going to talk about this is kind of the first model that well no it, it's hard so i i knew how i knew of your name with the thanatar because i entered that same competition um that was one of my very first ones and but the knight lancer I remember seeing, and it was the shield, which I'm sure yeah. you everyone says to you, it's the shield. But, but, and that's maybe unfair because the entire model is a very well-painted model. But that yeah. shield with the eye, tell us about the Night Lancer. What, what was the idea behind it? Where did you come from? <laughs> the Night Lancer is quite a funny story, actually. I bought that on the day that I won the Slayer Sword, but not nice. because I, not not as a reward for myself. I thought I hadn't got anything. When right. I, okay. I was disappointed, so I wanted to get like a consolation like yeah. present for myself. Yeah, I, yeah. I went to get that, and I got the name of the knight wrong that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was so embarrassed after I bought it. I was like, "Oh, I'll take it anyway." <laughs> wow. So, what, what, what was the knight that you wanted? I can't remember which one. It, okay. it was one that had like a, a chain. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I know yes, I can't remember his name. I know the one. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but then when I got it home and I looked because I hadn't paid that much attention to it, I just knew that I wanted a big chainsaw at the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, uh, when I got the the lancer home, I looked at that. I was like, actually, that has a fantastic profile. It looks really cool. I love the face on it and things. Yeah. I hate the shield. Absolutely yeah. hate it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, the the um, just a frame. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand the concept, of course, and but you know, when I saw that, like instantly, I was thinking, what am I going to do with it? Right. But I left it for quite a while okay. because it came around. Uh, there was another, I think, it was a Horus Heresy Golden Demon that I'd painted another Forge World Knight for, and I didn't get anything. <laughs> didn't didn't get any trophies for. And I was really disappointed at that because that was also had a lot of free hand on, uh, and I quite liked it. But you know, the judge, I mean, the judges liked it, but they you know picked other things for for trophies. Um, but I was like, right, I need to show that I can paint this knight <laughs> good enough to get a, to get a trophy. Yeah. So that was my aim. But at the same time, I'm. Some people when they see golden demon winners, they're like, right, I need to copy that. Or they use, you know, they take that and they think that's what we need to do to win. But I kind of do the opposite. <laughs> I want to right, paint okay. what I want to win. Yeah. And I don't really like people's, th- you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, that's one. So that's what the judges are looking for. It doesn't really work like that. It just is how well you paint what yeah. it is that you've done. Right. Uh, you can do like lots of different styles and things. And, and that's, you know, when I started work on this night, I stopped completely looking at other Golden Demon entries in terms of what does it need to look like? And I just wanted this to be my own project 
as good as I could make it. Now, if I was painting it again, I think I could do a much better job now. But at right. the time, uh, I like as you said, the, the shield was the main thing. Uh, the problem was, this is a really expensive model. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And for what I wanted to do with the shield, I had to cut all the bits off. And I thought at the time, if I once I've done that, that's it. That's it. There's no going back. So no, I have to no, fully yeah. commit to that. So I did. Like I, I, I wasn't entirely sure how to make the shield. Right. Like, right. I'll get some. I've heard about plastic card. I know people sometimes make things out of plastic card. <laughs> yes, yeah. Get some of that. Uh, but it's flat. Oh, a flat shield looks rubbish. I want it to be curved. <laughs> how right. do I make it curved? <laughs> and I'd worked with resin before. It's like, well, you heat that up. That makes it curved. Let's try that on the plastic card. And it didn't work that well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it kind of it worked a bit, and I just I spent ages kind of like heating it up and forcing it and just flexing it with my hands to try and get a shape. Yeah. It took me so long to make it do something that I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the main thing that I'd done before I'd actually cut up the shield was I traced around the outside of the shield, so I knew the sh- the size was correct. Right. Okay. Or I thought the size was correct. Oh dear. <laughs> but. When you curve the shield, ah, yes. it changes the <laughs> it size of it. Bit, yeah. And it also means the parts closer to the model. I mean, it brings the curved edges much closer to the model. And I didn't take that into account when building it because it was so big, I had to paint it in um, you know, separate sections. Mm-hmm. So I got all the bits off that I cut off for the energy creator things, whatever they were on the shield, stuck those on the corners, got the bit that connects on the hand at the back, glued that on. I thought, wait, you know, that makes it really easy now. Yeah. So it's all converted, ready to go. Painted it all up, put the shield on, it didn't fit. Oh, of course. <laughs> and this was like two days before the competition. Oh, no. I don't, I was like, oh, no, I have messed up so badly now. What am I going to do? And I had to, I looked at the arms, I was like, right, these arms need to be much longer. And I just cut the arms in half. I found some more like uh, kind of straw-shaped plastic card, so it was a bit thicker. I got yeah. some bundles of those. Uh, it was about half an inch or so. Just glued these little cylinders into the section on the arm, so it just looked okay. like an extended arm. Yeah, painted yeah. that all up quick, and that gave it just enough space for the shield to fit under the uh, shoulder pad. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and right, remember this as well. That the model's all painted, so and not just the shield. Is, freehand like there's freehand all over this model some yeah, of it's a bit yeah. more subtle than others like every yeah. single surface on it has got like freehand feathers everywhere like yes. floating feathers that's right yeah yeah and uh at this stage i'm having to use a heat gun on the model while it's painted oh, to bend everything <laughs> to make it fit oh no this is at this stage it's the day before the competition just to make everything fit uh, oh uh, that was a nightmare yeah oh well i mean it paid off because it looked fantastic afterwards but i mean yes that's you have just described the stuff of nightmares for many a minute <laughs> oh, it, 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 it was even worse actually i painted i started to paint the chest like the chest was actually a really complicated part it has like a rib cage and it's got like heart in it it's like a chaotic heart yes uh, like yeah. all, all freehand stuff I painted that on the, and I looked, I, I like placed it on the model. And I realized I'd painted it upside down because mm. the shape of the chest wasn't like what you would expect, like a human shaped chest. And yeah, yeah. I was like, oh no, I can't repaint that. <laughs> that took oh, me God. like a week to freehand. <laughs> so I had to, I, I had to make all these like, um, wires and things and just a big lump of uh, green stuff and force it onto 
the model and cover all the green stuff with yeah, cables yeah. cabling to, to hide it. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, well done. It's heartening to know that a uh, uh, someone who'd already had two Slayer swords by this point can still... Yeah. Well, the you thing know. is, you can you can spend a lot of time on something and get quite good at it, but as soon as you try something else, you'll be lacking in those areas. Yes. <laughs> or you've just had experience <laughs> in it. And yes. then you have to level up really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make well, it all work. Well, good leveling up. You, you made yeah. it work in the end. We'll, we'll leave the, the nightmare of the slightly shrunken shield behind um, and go on to, I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I think, the next model we're going to talk about is potentially one that people know you best for. Uh, yeah. Um, and I remember when you started painting and I was following you on social media and I got to see how it became because most people, when they get a demon Primark like Mortarian, um, will paint a, you know, a, the demon Primark. For their army if they're a painter they might try and you know make it look particularly fantastic you took a set of um relatively un well uh wings without any detail and you added freehand that i still don't really understand how you did it and i have stared at that miniature i stared at it in the cabinet at Golden Demon that year when when it won. You're Mortarian. Tell A, why did you pick that? And B, what drugs were you smoking when <laughs> you decided to paint those wings like that? Um Mortarian was he was well, he, he was supposed to be a labor of love, but he turned into like absolute hate. <laughs> you loathed it by the end. I loathed that model. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very heavily detailed model in terms of the sculpt. Yeah. But when I looked at that, I loved, I mean, I already liked the Death Guard. I'd already got a Slayer Sword with the, you know, the pre-Heresy or the of Heresy course. Death Guard. Yeah. Uh, I'd been looking forward to the release of the Death Guard and Mortarian was like the cherry on top. He was amazing. Right. But I was looking at that and I was, how do I make that my own? Because I, you know, I like pieces to be, you know, individual. I, you know, as I said, I don't like to to copy other things. Like I, I get inspired by them, but when I paint a new piece, I want it to be, you know, very definitely individual. Yeah. And I was just looking at that, and in the background, Mortarian supposed to have uh, moth wings, I think. And I was, um, I was thinking like they've got like death head moths. Yeah. And I, I think it's the, the eye, they've got eyes on them. Like they, they've got that kind of, you know, yeah. that sort of look. But I just wanted to push the chaotic element a bit more. And I thought, well, chaos have like organic, like there's loads of eyes on chaos artwork, eyes everywhere. Yeah. So I was like, right, I'm going to do that. Then I thought, wow, I want to make it even more interesting. So I thought I'll do one eye as his human eye from before he was corrupted and then one eye as his chaos eye for yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But they still have to kind of balance out when you look at the model. Mm -hmm. uh, so I still kept the, the chaotic eye eye-like, but it had like a Nurgle symbol within the iris. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, as a, as a concept... That that's fine, 
then you have to create it and uh, you, you go through all the process like looking for reference what do eyes look like how the reflections look in eyes uh you take all that and then you kind of ignore it because you just want to make it look how you want mm-hmm. uh, but it, i mean it is useful i always recommend for people to use reference just so that you understand what it is that you're doing as yeah. soon as you understand it you can then ignore it but you still understand it that's the important part but still at that stage like i had this this concept for it the the wings so you say that they didn't have any detail on but they do they, they have sculpted on detail for a start yeah and i was like well that's getting in the way of my free hand so i spent <laughs> ages just wiping all that off yeah yeah sanding it down uh i got like glue smeared all over it because the problem is when you start sanding down you get a very smooth clean surface but i needed to look more organic so you kind of melt the surface a little bit with the glue uh, okay yeah yeah uh, front and back and mm-hmm. that's when i realized wait a minute when i freehand this i've got to freehand both sides yes, <laughs> of the wings yes and yeah. uh, it's a lot of work <laughs> I, yeah, it was I, it was it was months i mean I, I remember talking to people at that golden demon where you entered it and people be like i just want to see it i just want to make sure he's finished it yes yeah. <laughs> it's been going on for months and years make, make sure he's painted the back of it for sure <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but the problem was that my main all the concept that I'd worked on was the wings. Mm. Then you've got to paint the rest of the model. <laughs> yeah, there's an actual Primark. There's an actual <laughs> Primark there. Yeah. And he is just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh the I love his little nurgle nurgling cherubs, but they are horrible. Mm-hmm. They are attached to tiny little chains. So yes, you can't they are. Yeah. but the where the chains attach is part of his cloak mm-hmm. it's not just a chain that you can stick on so it's a good connection it's part of the cloak so yeah. it, you can't just paint the cloak and stick the, the little chain thing on because it's also got cloak on that part that you've taken off so you, mm. <laughs> you paint the cloak paint the rest of the model the, the, the nurgle bit glue that on then you've got a big gap with glue <laughs> holds all, so you have to of course fill that in like the idea probably was i guess they thought oh people will just paint it while it's all glued together but that's, it's impossible yeah, <laughs> it's yeah not well, like, it, depends, well, it depends what you want to do with it if you wanted to display level piece uh, it's so hard to hold it like that oh um, i know yeah, yeah and there's just nowhere to hold the model anyway i just every single part of it was painted in sections and i put it back together just to see it all matched up yeah uh, and of course, doing that, you keep rubbing bits of paint off, mm. just going insane, trying to do all that. Uh, then yeah. I knew the crystal brush painting competition was coming up. I thought, oh, I'll try and get it done for that. But I, and this is, as we were talking about earlier, when I was saying how I, I hate, well, you know, I really hate the model because <laughs> I can't spend the time on it that I want. Like I spent age, like I just took my time doing the wings with yeah. the the main model. I was rushing that as hard as I could to get it done in time. Wow, and I yeah. hadn't spent, I just didn't have enough time to you know, go back and think, what does it need? What does it need? And I got it all done for the, the crystal brush, but I wasn't happy with the main body. The, the, it, mm-hmm. it needed something else. And after I went to crystal brush, now I have issues with that competition, but mm-hmm. that's, besides the point um after the competition i thought right now i'm going to spend the time 
and finish it properly, the Golden Demon. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took that time and I pulled off all the cherubs. Right. Just ripped them off the model. Yeah. I was like, they're all going to have the little eyes, like the wings are going to be matching the, the big wings on the model. Right. And I, you know, I just had, I spent hours and hours just filling in areas. I freehanded uh, the little uh, Roman numeral 14 on his shoulder pad for the, the 14th Legion. Yeah. Uh, it really needed, you know, just something on, on the shoulder pad just to fill it in. Although it's really hard to do neat freehand on a model that's already <laughs> painted, but you can't hold properly. Yeah, we, oh, God, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it wasn't easy, but like I I got it done. I just thought I'm just going to spend the time, and it I'm not stopping till it's good enough. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know how long much longer I spent on it, uh, but I did all these little changes, and then that was it. Then I was I was happy with it. I don't mm. I I could I, I feel like I could still do a much better job now if I did it again, but wait, that's no, always the case. No, you always no, learn as you go. So yeah, no, hang on. We're, we're talking about. Um, and I would encourage any listeners, if you have not seen Rich Gray's Mortarian, um, go and look <laughs> it up. And bear in mind that the person who I'm talking to now, the, the man who painted it, has just said, I could do a much better job on that. <laughs> and I know you're you're an artist, you're a professional, this is what you, you do. And I appreciate that you could definitely put, you know... E- we we all could more effort into anything we do and and you know with the benefit of maybe a couple of extra years on it we could make things better but you actually think you could do that better because well, yeah and it, i can tell you why as well uh, because so as i've progressed uh i've i've taken interest in various different things now at the time i was painting non metallics but my interest in non-metallics has gone up significantly since then. Yeah. Uh, so I spent a lot of time, you know, researching how to make it work. And I could make his non-metallics so much better than they were on that model, just okay. more interesting. Yeah. On top of that, I really enjoy uh, light, how it works on a model now, and cast shadows, things like that. Yeah. Again, I could uh, incorporate that onto the model, and then you can include focal points with that, uh, with that lighting element and all the shadows and things uh, so yeah. I can enhance the atmosphere and the mood of it. Uh, now, that's not to say that wouldn't be a massive amount of work, so you still have to take into account all the freehand and details, and there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wouldn't be easy, but, uh, yeah, I I could do that, but, <laughs> but the other thing is that if I wanted to do that, that would take me a long, long time. And I, yeah. Um, I think I have something like that in me, but I need to build up to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But the, just a final point on the, on the Mortarian and what, what you've just been saying. Is that the mark of a, um, a I don't know, a com- a, an accomplished competition painter where you are looking at something that has already done very well that everyone has said great things about it, and you're thinking, no, I could do it better. I'm, I'm better now. Like I've learned more. I could, I could just, if I, if I had the time, I'd do that even better. And is, is that, it's the constant need to, it's the Always, always is the, the need to improve. Yeah. Uh, that, that does drive me. 
and it might it doesn't necessarily have to be the the finished model. It, it's just some you know, always wanting to do certain elements better or and because it's that's that's what's fun. That's what's exciting for me. Can I mm. make that look better? Yeah, uh, because I enjoy the process of painting and you know having a finished product. But then it's the next piece. The yeah. kind of regardless of whether people like something or not that's done i want to do the next piece that's the interesting yeah. piece that's my yeah. favorite piece the bit that i haven't done yet okay well that's um as you know someone aspiring to maybe get a golden demon one day that's terrifying but um <laughs> impressive but, as well. i mean i i wouldn't necessarily just look at me in terms of golden demon because there's a vast array oh of, of course there are. you know yeah, different yeah. styles and um yeah things and like i i tend i have my way of painting and doing things and i'm sure other people have completely different ways of doing it so well yeah and well actually let's move on to one of the um the latest things you've been painting. And I, I again, this is one that I have had the privilege of watching take shape over time on social media. Your Gloom Spike gets Loon Boss on Giant Cave Squig. Yeah. I've been watching you paint this cave, Giant Cave Squig, which is, I I look at it and I, I would imagine that perhaps you'd looked at uh, Poison Dart Frogs. Yeah, but, exactly. I had I had pictures of them in the folder. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a red and blue. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, look, and I saw something you put up the other day, where because I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking that's an incredible looking model that you've been making. And this is not just me blowing smoke. This is not just me <laughs> trying to massage your ego. But it looks good. It's a very good looking thing already. And you said something along the lines of, "Oh, this is going to take like another hundred hours." for me to to do this a tell us about the miniature and b talk to us about how those hundred hours or the 200 hours or however long you've been how are you spending that time when you're painting this, <laughs> a miniature like this right so for this model originally i was going to do it for a golden demon i think it was going to be for when they were first going to do the chicago golden demon yeah uh and it got cancelled yeah yeah and I was getting really close to finishing the model, uh, but then I was like, "Oh, this is all. This is looking really bad. It's the gold. It's definitely not going to go ahead." And I just lost enthusiasm for finished finishing the model. Yeah. But at the time when I was painting it, I had this idea. I wanted like the very bright, saturated, uh, sort of high contrast, but a little bit like of a different style. It's a bit more kind of cartoony. Uh, than some of the other stuff that I've done, you know, I just it'd be it's a fun break for me just to to do something different. Yeah. And but after it trailed off a bit uh, after the Golden Demon failed, uh, I just left it. Then they had the Golden Demon in Chicago that actually went ahead uh, earlier this year, yeah. and I was I I hadn't got anything prepared to go, and I was so disappointed that I didn't go. Uh, especially because like a lot of my friends had gone as well and yeah, you know, yeah. they had team uk there yeah and yeah. Uh, you know they were like oh why aren't you here what you know get a move on get your models finished <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh but you know i hadn't i i'd not planned it properly or anything and, but i was like right i want something i want to finish that model that i was going to do originally for uh chicago and i looked at it and i looked at the slayer sword winner Mm -hmm. And I saw how um, the style that he had used and how neat it was. So neat. And it's so neat. Uh, um, 
And I was like, it's not my preferred way of painting that. I'm not going to take that and just try and copy that. But the the idea of having a very neat model was mm-hmm. quite appealing to me. Now, yeah. there are some caveats, caveats with that. Um, if any, anyone had seen that and they want to replicate that kind of thing, only do that on a small model. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go and pick no. a monster or, or a diorama or something and try and replicate that style of painting on it. Mm. It will take you years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And the problem is because it's so intensive as well, the time intensive. Uh, that if something goes wrong and it doesn't work right or you're not happy with it, you're going to waste years of your life. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's not um, like it's fun to paint like that a little bit, but I I would I prefer in general a little bit more expressive uh, kind of uh, you know element in my own work. But well, I still yeah. wanted to take some of that and yeah. incorporate it now the problem was that the way i'd painted the squig to start with i hadn't started painting like that you know to, to match that kind of neatness so some of the brush yeah. marks were a bit more sloppy and things now i mean I, i'm saying sloppy but only in terms of golden demon level not in terms right of general exactly painting. yeah 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 uh, it's really important people understand that uh, sometimes i get a bit frustrated when i say if something's not finished or whatever and people are like oh that why do you mean it's not finished that looks amazing it's, yeah it's it's all relative to to what it's absolutely for. absolutely yes of course um but i so i was looking at the squig and i think i thought it's such a good model it's, it's so nicely sculpted i could push the uh the finish on that but also i can add more detail i can just do more with it and it was just quite an exciting project for me to work on yeah and you asked where am i going to put all these hours now i said uh, like 100 hours kind of like a throwaway comment uh, it might be a lot more than that mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's basically just pushing around pigment yeah <laughs> just yeah. micro details pushing around pigment to get it exactly where it needs to be yeah i don't think i'm going to push it to quite the finish of the slayer sword uh piece because i've got other things that i want to paint yes, yeah. <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah uh, i have other entries that i want to finish but i'm quite excited by this piece i've got like a whole idea of him running through like a small stream with water splashing that i'm gonna have to make oh, all of that. lovely yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but also when i looked at it originally i'd gone a little bit too over the top in terms of just color splotches everywhere on it so we'd got like uh He's got a pink face and I'd put like yellow dots on his face and it's just all over. It's like a color, <laughs> color yeah, explosion yeah, on yeah. the rider. He got like pink dots on him as well. Uh, and I put red fire stripes on his hood. Uh, so I've not, I've started knocking all that off. Make it more simple. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you can go a bit too far with adding details that don't need to be there. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yes, And cleanliness like, like a really nice, clean, clear mm. paint job can oftentimes be far superior to something that's had a massive amount of detail put in it. Yeah, it doesn't course. necessarily the, the well, detail isn't focused properly. Well, that's the whole thing about uh, the the and I I, I regret that I, I don't remember the guy's name. You may, but um, the guy who won the Slayer Sword in I, in the US. No, I can't. I can't no, but I think because it was like the first. Uh, thing you'd won or something exactly yeah but it was that skink and i i remember seeing people being like oh well it hasn't got any osl and it hasn't got non-metallic yeah. it's like 
It's flawless. It's literally, it's flawless. There's, you cannot pick a point of that model that isn't perfect. And it's like, and that's quite, I mean, that's a feat to try and aim for in itself. Uh, as someone who is more of a seasoned veteran of Golden Demons, I mean, does that, is that a game changer? Or is it just, uh, or as um, you say, for you now, is it just inspiring you to try and do something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just inspiring. I, I do think people take the wrong messages sometimes mm-hmm. uh, from what wins. It just that's just what's there on the day. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. you know it's not that it, you don't have to follow the box art as long mm-hmm. as it fits in with the the background and the atmosphere of what Games Workshop want. Yeah. you can paint whatever style you like. Now, you, I mean, I say obviously it's within limits. You can't just go and put like. Um, you know, very painterly kind of brush marks and streaks and things mm-hmm. on, or, you know, it, it does have to have an, I suppose an element of realism to it, like not perfectly realistic, but you know, an, an element of it. Yes. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, you, you don't have to have that perfect finish. You do have to have something really good. Yeah. Now, if you, took something say like light on a model how light affects it mm-hmm. and you pushed that up to 11 out of 10 same as he's put his finish up to 11 out of 10 yeah you're going to still have something that's mind-blowing now you might not have the perfect brush strokes that he's got but you will still have something that looks you know that will catch the judge's eye they'll they'll be like that looks so good that fits the ip mm-hmm. that'll get a trophy yeah. yeah that that's how it works it's just um so I, mean, I suppose in terms of game changes he has raised the level of what's possible in terms of finish yeah uh, but i'm not taking that as that's what you have to do in terms of finish and by finish i mean like how smooth the paintwork is so we're going you know, to talk about the flawless no like little bumps or anything no straight hairs yeah like perfect yeah. blending yeah um that, that kind of thing okay well i mean i wish you every um bit of luck with your Luden boss because it looks incredible already and i can't wait to see it uh behind a cabinet where it will probably be something that i i put in but um <laughs> richard i i've got to thank you so much we're we're running over as it is but I, i've um i've had a wonderful time talking to you i've got two questions that i ask all of my guests who come on this podcast and okay. uh, i'm going to put them to you now uh the first one of which is what's your favorite paint my favorite paint. Uh, I sometimes say Mephiston red. It's a great paint. I, I love that color red. Yeah. But I've, I, I use a lot of uh, uh, Vallejo neutral gray as well. So okay. That's, uh, wow, that's uh, <laughs> very, very different. So <laughs> Very, yeah. Okay, so between Mephiston red and uh, Vallejo. I still say Mephiston gray. red as, as like my favorite, just because of that, it's such a deep dark red well yeah and as as a blood angels player we we thank you for your your (laughs) allegiance thanks um question number two once you're done with your squig the next miniature you could paint you can paint anything in the world it can be a miniature that doesn't even exist yet something that's only in your brain something that's only been thought about dreamt about or idealized about maybe it's rumored or maybe it exists already what's the next miniature you would really like to paint maybe another primark okay one of the ones already well no no something that's that's not out yet uh because they've only got uh 
Magnus and Mortarian. I sometimes think maybe Magnus, but I, I just want to see what comes out. The, yeah. I, mean, I think there's there's rumours of certain ones coming out. Yeah, well, both 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 Fulgrim and Angron have been rumoured for a long yeah. time. So yeah, one of them. I mean, it, it depends on what they look like, but I could be very very tempted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm sure. Well, that's. Um, I I very much look forward to seeing what you do with either one of those or any other demon primarch that might come out. So, um, Rich Gray, thank you so much for taking us through your life in miniatures. This has oh. been really fun and um, really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. There you have it, folks. That was my wonderful chat with Rich Gray. Um, Rich, thank you again so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. It was lovely to talk to you. Uh, thank you for bearing with me as this ran a little bit long. Um, I'll tell you why it ran long in just a moment. Uh, first order of business, the name of the Slayer Sword winner, uh, Gavin Garza. His skink is incredible. I'm sorry we didn't remember it for the recording, but uh, Gavin, on the off chance you listen to this, it was an incredible piece of work. Uh, really well done, because I think we're all incredibly impressed by that. Um, so why did this... Um, podcast run a little bit longer than my normal shows do. Well, I like to pretend that it's because I was bringing you a bumper episode to celebrate the return of season two and the fact that we had a wonderful guest in Rich Gray on the show, uh, all of which is true. But uh, I like to give you guys a little bit of inside pull um, when when I do these outros. Um, it's a reward for those of you who actually listen to me waffling on a little bit longer. So I hadn't recorded uh, one of these in a while. Um, and I was very aware of that. And the day that we were recording, I, I was up early and I kind of set everything up. Uh, I set my microphone up, I set the mixing stuff up, I set, I set the um, recording stuff up. All, it was all it, where I wanted it to be. It was great. Um, and then uh, I went out. I, I, um, a friend of mine was celebrating something, so I went out and you know celebrated with them. Uh, and I thought, it's fine. When I come back, everything's in working order. It'll be perfect. It'll be good. I come back home. I uh, awaken my computer, and the whole thing has crashed and needs an update. So I was like, okay, fine. So get the update out of the way and um, set everything up. And I get the invite over to Richard, uh, <laughs> which then, when Richard first joins the call, doesn't work. And this has happened now with other guests as well, because I can tell you we've got another couple of these recorded already. I'm going to get working on those soon, so we should get into the one-a-week system that we like getting. Um, anyway, so Zoom fails, so get Zoom back up. Then, as we start recording, I realise um, my mix is a bit weird. This is why, if you if you listen to the first bit of me in the interview, uh, I sound slightly manic. Um uh, and yeah, I am slightly manic because this has happened before where I've had minor recording disasters and I didn't want it to happen here. So anyway, sort all of that out over the course of the first 20 minutes of the show. And then I've left it in because I don't think anyone else is going to notice it uh, unless I tell you about now. At some point, I think it's around 25 minutes, um, I, I sit at my dining room table to do this and the chairs that I bought for my dining room table are rubbish. They were cheap. It was just I was moving in. I needed chairs. They, they'll do. Uh, one of the bolts fell out and hit the floor. 
And so I then had to spend even more time. I'm sure Rich will have noticed at some point I was sort of ducking away from the, the camera that was on because we, we see each other when we record. And I was sort of ducking down because I was like, is my chair going to collapse? Because... Um, I don't think that would make good podcasts. I mean, it would, you know, if this was like Jackass the podcast, but um, it, it's not, it's not meant to be. Um, so there was that going on, um, and then I realised as we were going through that we were running long. And I was like, wow, why we are going a bit long? In season one, I was smart enough to have like a stopwatch running, so that I knew. Because I don't want to take up too much of these people's time. You know, all my guests, they're nice people. They've got busy lives. I don't want to rob them of extra time. And then I realised I didn't have my stopwatch on. Um, so all of that was happening. And um, yes, it, it it ran over a little bit. Um, so uh, I was a bit flustered. But it smoothed it out in the end there, I thought. Um, so yeah, again... Rich doesn't know any of this because at the time when you sort of finished, we had a chat afterwards, I didn't mention any of it because I was like, no, we've got, got to look professional. It's only afterwards where I thought about how silly and farcical the whole thing was that, you know, I was about 10 seconds away from my chair giving out underneath me. Um, yeah, but anyway, Richard was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. It's nice to be back doing this. Um, if you've just stumbled across My Life in Miniatures, you can find it. Uh, on Spotify, on Audible, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, and it will be on heresyandheroes.com uh, where you can access the RSS feed for it as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we've got to talk about. I'll, I'll just mention again, you can follow Richard Gray on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram at, uh, at DemonRich, uh, D-A-E-M-O-N, R-I-C-H uh, you can find him on uh, on YouTube at Demon Rich D-E-M-O-N-R-I-C-H uh, and you can follow him you can get lessons from the master himself over on Patreon patreon.com forward slash Richard Gray and richgraycreations.com is his website I hope that's all of those plugs that I needed to do and I hope I got them all right uh, because it's a Friday afternoon and I need to go and do some shopping. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pop out now. Uh, you didn't need to know that. I don't know what I'm telling you. Anyway, this is me waffling again, so it's about high time that I say thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you for putting up with me sounding a bit manic in the, in the first half of that recording. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope we've been good company while you hobby. Look forward to another episode next week. Um, have a wonderful time enjoy yourself uh, see you later <laughs>